Welcome to Masters of Self University Podcast, your highest source of sacred truths and universal wisdom. Hello, beautiful souls. I'm Rachel Fiore, mystic, spiritual teacher, psychic healer, and founder of Masters of Self University. Join our journey of soul transformation as we deep dive into this latest episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Masters of Self University podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Lee. And I'm your host, Donnie Moley. And today we are joined by MSU certified mystical coach, Jean-Paul Doval. Yo, what's up, guys? Jean-Paul, yeah. yes, welcome to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> let's dive right in. You and I were in class together, and I've seen you grown in beautiful, beautiful ways, and uh, you truly are the magician. So uh, how did you find MSU, and what brought you in? Um, well, like, like a lot of people I've talked to, Paul Check's podcast was my introduction to this. Um, I was seeing someone for a long time who was a big fan of Paul Check, and we would listen to his podcasts. And one day she was like, I heard this person on Check's podcast. You got to hear this. It's amazing. I want to do this program. And it's, it sounded really, really amazing. Like, I was just like, I'm very skeptical of a lot of coaching and and mystical approaches that just like I feel like people are selling something just to put their name out there and I felt this this genuine connection to what I was hearing through Rachel's interview with Paul and I I started listening following some some other podcasts and and I I got connected to it as soon as I could I started in we started in January right And so joining the class, I think that all of us, we, we don't know what the journey is going to look like and we don't know what's going to happen. I think for me, when I joined, I was like, yeah, I'm going to learn some stuff. And it was like, no, your life is going to explode in, in, in the hardest and most beautiful ways. And so mm-hmm. what was your experience like during the six months? Wow. Well, speaking of ex- exploding in all kinds of ways, um, I, I started the program while I was while I was dating this woman I'd been with for like like four years at that point and um a lot of the things i had been doing in my life up to that point or or for the last couple years had been like like i'm going to do this self-development exercise or workshop or whatever it is partly because this person told me to do it or inspired me to do it or gave me the idea and this was starting to feel a little bit like one of those things like i was like well i I know i'm getting a lot for me but i a little bit am so enmeshed in my relationship it was a little bit hard for me to see my way around it or see my way out of it. And things started to shift really seriously for me with my work with the class when it became clear that we needed to break up. And in breaking up, it was like, I felt like my, my world kind of collapsed in a way that I, and I was, I, I was, I kind of wanted to quit. I remember talking to Rachel and she, she gave me an amazing session and, and, introduced me to, to three of the ways of oneness, the way of number one, responsibility, the way of divine truth and the way of divine connection. And I, I did the work and I, I went through it and I, I cried every day. I was like on the floor, like crying, which is kind of unusual for me. But through this work, I started to feel this, this opening. And the more that I did that, the more that I just started to feel like this, this is what I, this all is perfect. Like, all of this pain is exactly what I needed in order to realize this, these huge things about myself. 
that not only have I been trying to get away from this, this codependent pattern that I have, I was wanting to step into my power and I'd hear Rachel talk about it and I'd be like, what is, what is this power thing? Like, I don't, like, I hear about it. I hear people talk about it. I've heard you two talk about it, but like, what does it really feel like to be that powerful? And I started to really feel it once I was like doing things to heal the pain and all of the various triggers and, and, um, and childhood wounds that were associated with, with all of that, with all that leaving. I had a, an interesting experience this last week. Uh, the more and more I heal, the more and more I feel connected to my power. And there is definitely this part of me that is uh, locked away his anger and his rage. Uh, part of my inner child. Uh, I've not perfectly got to the root of exactly the moment that this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was a process throughout my childhood. Uh, with my my father being more of a disengaged parent. Um, but I was starting to tap in to the feeling of anger and I was mm. starting to really feel it in my body, like really feel it. And as I was bringing my love to it, I could feel more power entering. And I was very aware like, oh, this is not, I'm not feeling the power of anger, but I was feeling because I was able to love the anger and love the pain that was in there that was causing it Mm. in the first place, Mm. I was feeling a new level of power starting to like emerge in my body. Uh, And it's still something that I I really want to go much deeper on and explore a lot more. But it was really cool to have that like really visceral response of like, oh yeah, the more that you go into this aspect of you that you've been kind of cut off from, the more that you'll be able to feel the true power that you are because you're looking at the wholeness of your being instead Mm -hmm. of casting parts out to the side and just Mm -hmm. focusing on certain aspects. Is there any parts in your healing journey um, up till now that you found like that have been in your shadow that you kind of cast away, you weren't ready to look at and through this work, you brought them into the light and your power has really grown. Definitely so much um i mean like i i i was aware of like there's like i have a lot of stories and you if you guys like ellie's heard some of my stories and like whatever people that know me well know some there's a lot of like stories in my family or whatever and there's a lot of stuff about them being my my parents are cuban immigrants there's a lot of like exile issues happening there's a lot of like what is it like to live in a family that has been on the run what is it like to live in a family that is struggling that at once was wealthy and is now very poor and struggling and and what kind of issues come up in the home with some of this and there was a lot of uh emotional abuse happening in my mom's home when i was young or when she was young and that trickled over into stuff with me when i was young and i was subtly aware of it but some big things about about my grandfather and being physical with me that just like knocked me on my ass like emerged when I, I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about it I wasn't even it wasn't on my radar just like it might have been something with the breakup like I was like god this hurts why does it hurt so much I'm like I don't like me I don't like who I am as I'm experiencing this I don't like anything about myself and and that wound or that tr- trigger those mental programs is definitely tied to this this state of abuse that I lived in for a while that 
I had to deal with physical abuse from my grandfather. I had to deal with ne neglect and, and disengagement from my mother and this kind of like this weird dynamic of like somebody saying, I love you, but then showing something very different and those, those frequencies not being at all on the same page. And I, it's been huge for me. So huge. Like I, I can open, I didn't used to be able to do that like a year ago to like feel something and just notice like, ah, I'm feeling that I'm feeling that. Yeah. Can you take us to the moment? Cause I, I feel like, I've watched you really transform and really begin to open. And it definitely, like all of us, it takes us a minute to really understand how to open our hearts and really dive into the pain. And mm -hmm. so could you describe the moment where you really felt your heart open? Um, so it was, it was, if it's the, the, the moment that I'm thinking of, I was coaching with, um, it's okay to say another member of our class. Yeah. Coaching with Peter. And I started talking about my family and I started talking about rigidity. And I remember when I like, I got to like something about my, my grandfather and this feeling of like danger and, and emotional pain. And, and like, like we, we, Peter and I both got emotional. Um, and I was just like, I just didn't, I didn't understand what was happening. I was just like, where is this? Like, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it that day. I wasn't thinking about it for years to like, even be like, I think I'll like try to touch on this wound today. Like that wasn't happening. I was just like the, this, this trigger, the, the connection between like me and how I feel about myself and this, this kind of like visceral resistance that I have against with my mother and trauma. It's just like, it all, it all bubbled up. And, and it was beautiful. Peter did such an amazing job just kind of coaching, coaching me through and bringing me somewhere. And I felt like part of what was beautiful about it was that he, he gave of himself perhaps maybe more than, than maybe we should, but it was like in that moment, we, we exchanged an emotional connection. I was like losing it. He was feeling it. And it was, it was, it, it, it shook me. It was beautiful. It was really, really amazing. Yeah, I, I remember watching that in class and just the connection between you two when he was so open and then it allowed you this space to really open and then it was like transformation just happened there. Um, you know, Jean-Paul, it's been it's been very powerful to watch you step into your power because I remember just because I share the same wound with you as codependency and like mm -hmm. really latching on to a partner and mm -hmm. really just mm -hmm. wanting them to save the day and all of these mm -hmm. things. And mm -hmm. then seeing the shift within you, I think a lot of people at home want to know how do you shift? You know, how do you stop being codependent? Mm -hmm. Cause it's, it's, it's a wound mm -hmm. that a lot of us carry. And so, mm -hmm. uh, what was it like to really go into the codependency? Cause I know that it brought up a lot in you and it really made mm -hmm. you see the way that you were showing up in relationships and with women. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> I've done some work with Codependence Anonymous previously mm. and got, you know, their way of seeing it. And and through our work, I started to realize that there's there's a difference between kind of like announcing to a group, I'm codependent and here's all the ways that I'm codependent, almost like a script, because we would do that. And then we'd talk about things that were coming up for us about it, but we were rarely getting to wounds ever. And we were also rarely acknowledging or bringing awareness to situations in our lives 
that were really like right now causing an issue around that that codependence and that is what i feel like we have done that like we we go right through the bullshit and all of a sudden we're like digging into like this is like whatever we're not even i don't remember rachel really focusing much on codependence as a theme so much as it was just a common aspect of like this or that wound or this or that situation like oh that's that's codependence again that there it is again um and uh i think if there's if there's a way to move on from it like a lot of things is just bringing awareness to it and noticing and being able to say with love like i am codependent or I have been codependent and i'm interested in something else and just noticing and doing doing the work that we do to really to like this is where trying to understand transmutation i think is the real key and that's why i wanted to talk about this this idea of the magic in the mystical in transmutation that there's something that we do that that by way of our language that we are we are opening this this door for people to to almost like have that the code changing in our in our systems like that changes the vibration or it's it's that's what the transmutation is right this is like it it's not trying to get anything out of the way it's not trying to squish anything it's allowing it to be what it is so that it can then become something else and yeah yeah energy can never be destroyed or lost it's just transferred or transformed mm -hmm. and uh, that's exactly what transmutation is um it's exactly it is we have the power within our hearts to transmute energy it's a birthright in every single one of us and we are brought up to not know this power that we have and when we embrace any emotion any feeling any thought fully in our hearts it's able to transmute into love to mm -hmm. a higher vibration mm -hmm. and uh, it really is magical and especially when you have a very physical experience with feeling mm -hmm. uh, something that is bringing you a lot of pain and instead of it instead of it leading you down a dark road you're able to really feel it in your heart mm -hmm. and really understand the pain from a place of compassion and, mm -hmm. and higher and an elevated way of seeing it yeah. and then when we're able to bring our love to it our power then we can feel it transform and transmute yeah. and uh, i mean it's part of the alchemical process um if you look up the word alchemy you'll you'll note that it will the definition will say how it's an energetic transmutation that occurs. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously alchemy is traditionally used to, to talk about like metals and kind of more in, in that kind of essence. But when, when we talk about alchemy, it's the same process. We're just talking about the energies that lie within our body. Uh, and when we alchemize them, when we transmute them into higher vibration, that is permanent healing that doesn't go away. Uh, is there any big wounds, um, big programs that you have felt transmute in your body and permanently heal? Um, I, I know how to set boundaries in a way that I have never understood ever mm. in my the entire existence. And maybe I would I would hazard to guess like generations of my family. Like I feel like it's like a new strategy that I've brought to my family to be like, look, this is what boundaries look like. Like 
I I never understood it. People would talk about it. I really only understood the idea of like boundaries in a game as a kid and you don't cross that line or the ball goes over there, you're out. But this idea to like have, um, just to be able to, to set these, these parameters with generosity, with love, with compassion for the self, like to know, like, I love myself enough that I had to have a conversation with uh, my new landlady this past week about the idea of like stopping by without notice. And it was kind of a big deal for some reason, but like, I found myself being like, well, this, this is important, right? Like this, it didn't even occur to me to like, to just accept that it was cool for her to just stop by or whatever, just because it was normal for her. Like my, I have, you know, I have some privacy rights as a renter and I just wanted to help her understand that. And I did the best. I, I feel like I, I was able to do a pretty good job of communicating that to her with compassion. And I used some of the techniques that we, that we um, implement so I could avoid like not having to just move out because it was a disagreement, but that kind of thing is so big in my life. Like, I don't, I don't know that I can pinpoint a specific moment when it shifted, but something about maybe correlating with like shift in my life with the breakup or starting to like understand this idea of my power more, or like maybe just getting, dropping into my heart. Like, I feel like us dropping into our hearts is, is a way of existing that I know that I've experienced at different times in my life. I just wasn't aware of it. And I wasn't, I feel like I'm using it more like a, like on purpose, I'm intentionally feeling and that's new. And to intentionally feel about how comfortable I am, how safe this feels, how productive this situation is going to be. That is gigantic for me. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, a lot of us are here to break generational trauma and, mm -hmm. and boundaries is something that we definitely have never learned. And I'm Korean and I, in the Korean culture, like boundaries doesn't exist. Uh, you know, we do everything for everybody and what I'm learning truly. And I think what you're learning is that boundaries is an act of love, yeah. right? Cause yeah. it's, it's really setting the stage for what's, what's best for us. And, and, you know, I also think, you know, while you were talking, what was coming up for me is this transmutation thing is really getting acquainted and loving the inner child that's showing up, that's showing yeah. up wounded, right? Yeah. That we have to understand that the sadness and everything that is activated within us is just a little version of us that is asking to be loved and to be nurtured and to be yeah. held. And mm -hmm. for me, getting acquainted with her and loving her has been massive because, man, I, I really neglected myself for a really, really long time. And it wasn't until like, I hugged her. I remember hugging her mm -hmm. for the first time and thinking like, this is love and I'm here and we're going to rock this together. Uh, what's it been like for you now that you're at this place? I, you could feel that you've stepped into your power. How has your life changed and the people around you noticed you stepping into your power? Um, <laughs> I, I feel like it's a little bit like, like the difference between like being somebody who, who would like, describe themselves as shy, maybe expect it, like as a kid, expect to get picked on or be like the one that's like not going to get picked for the game or whatever. And that a lot of those kinds of feelings and then shifting it into this thing where like, I I feel like I'm hot shit. Like I, anywhere I go, I'm like, people are like, oh, what's up? Like they, they know like, oh, it's Sean Paul. Like it's him again. Like let's, <laughs> let's get ready. Like, I, I'm not, it doesn't feel, I don't know, like, it's weird to, I feel like that's weird to say, but I do have, I'm starting to have that effect on people and I'm noticing it, like, be, whether it's because of my art, 
whether it's because of my teaching or whatever it is, I just, I have this sense of self that, that didn't, like, I think I had inklings of it when I was young, but now I, I feel it. It's like, I feel like I could go into whatever, I could go anywhere that I am and make a friend or, or talk to whomever. Um, it was a big thing for me that I just moved um, to central New York and I moved from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And to move from a, a big city to, to basically like a rural village, like it's a pretty big village for what it is, but it's a village, not a city. And there's a lot of like small towny things happening. And um, for me, there, there used to be this like this serious trauma that again has lots of stories about how hard it was for me because I was a big victim living in the country before and how nobody would understand me and nobody appreciates my politics, nobody appreciates my music or my art or any of that. And I just felt like I didn't fit. It was like the same, same wounds from being a kid and feeling like I'm not going to get picked for the team. And now I'm like, I'm going back into this rural setting. I'm coming up here to teach, which, which I didn't think I would ever do again in this area. I like all of these wonderful things are happening along with like, I, I suppose it's the manifestation of like my beingness of like, I'm going to just live this, this important life, this life that brings prosperity for me and other people. So what's happening is I got offered a, like what seems like a dream job to teach in an alternative school in a public school where they're like, you're going to have so much freedom, whatever you can kind of do it however you want. We're not going to like expect you to follow the same rules and procedures as the regular public school. I'm like, that sounds good. Like where there's couches in the rooms instead of desks. Oh, that looks great. And have area rugs and stuff. They're like, can walk to the creek outside of the school. And like, where did this, how did this come into my life? But I feel like part of it is that I created the situation by becoming the me that I, I want to be. And there's, there's more work. There's, there's always more work. But like, I, like you said earlier, Danny, it's like once the, the healing starts to happen, it's, it's permanent. I'm not, you know. I'm not going to revert to what I was 10 years ago. I'm confident of this. It really sounds like the work that you've done on yourself has really allowed you to tap into your true authentic self, to tap more into your soul, to allow spirit to flow freely, uh, freely through you. Um, that's what I'm getting from, from your story right now. And so it's no surprise that all of a sudden, these magical, you know, coincidences are happening in your life because as you elevate and you become the, the true you, not this fake version, this, this false self of the ego, mm -hmm. as you're letting that go and you're healing your wounds, the, the true light of your soul is shining through. And from that, we, that's where we can really manifest and attract. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, manifestation and, and the one, the teaching that I always come back to within this work is we, we manifest our unconscious energies. So what is ever lying unconsciously within us in our shadow, that's what's going to be created in our life until we really start to see it, hear yeah. that. And then yeah. it's not like, you know, I'm, 
I I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't sound like you you wrote down on a on a piece of paper your dream job and took it out to the full moon and shone it under the light and then burnt it and allowed allowed this magical manifestation to come through. It sounds like you I'm really voodoo, are, but not that kind of voodoo. <laughs> it sounds like you're really you know you're doing the work, and then from that there is abundance and there is there is new prosperity flowing to you uh, and this is what it is really about about doing the work and, and tapping into the the higher levels of consciousness because when we are able to shine so brightly from our true self um the world around us changes too yeah it's really it's really cool um and it's it's kind of thing like like just listening to you talk and thinking about like you don't know until you're until you become aware of the wounds until you become aware of the shadow and it's it's a little bit like carrying something with you you don't quite know that it's there and it's like it causes back aches it causes you to get into a car accident it causes you to yell at your kids it causes whatever it's just like this thing you're just this weight and until people start to feel and notice what is bringing that to them these the, the situations just continue and continue so that they believe that that is how it is that is what my life is it's called the unconscious uh, unconscious for a reason is because mm. you're not aware that it's there and until mm -hmm. you start really diving in and doing the work and becoming more aware then you can start to see these unconscious patterns and behaviors that uh, you're repeating and you have probably have been your entire life um mm -hmm. Are there any are any particular parts of your shadow that you've you've seen come to light through this work? Uh, hmm. I mean, like definitely, like I've been noticing a lot more about how like things be, 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 like I I understand so much more this idea of like, am I a victim or am I being a responsible person? And when those victim programs come up, I'm, I'm noticing it more. And I think the more that things happen in my life that, that could be perceived as some sort of a disaster, could be like, this is a problem, could be like, oh shit, this happened again. I drove my car into a bear, that really happened. Like that, some of this stuff feels like out there and it's like, why is this happening to me? And then the, like, the more I can just be like, yeah, like, you know what i this is just another thing i'm just i'm going to handle this and deal with it it's not about me and maybe maybe i maybe i was carrying something that like needed me to learn a lesson in having a car accident but i i just feel differently about that and that that shift is huge that like i see so much more about how how i want to show up as a person it changes my relationship with my children it shows changes my relationships with uh, with perspective relationships it changes with my coworkers. it's everything it's like like it's not happening to me it's just happening for you yeah for yeah me. i truly believe that every experience that we go through is is there's a beautiful lesson there there's something for us to really overcome and and take within us so that we can get to the next level. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you, we sit in this place of why is this happening to me, it's just staying in victim consciousness over and over and over and over again. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty tired of that place. And so really yeah. looking at things as they're all gifts. 
they're all gifts. And the more that we can honor that and Mm -hmm. the more grace we can have for ourselves as we move through the, the trenches, you know, it's, it's some deep trenches. Uh, you know, John Paul, you are a lover. Okay. Let's be honest. Okay. I know that, you know, the the women, you love women. Okay. And you've definitely, uh, you know, it's been something that I think since I've known you, you know, you've gone on, no, I'm saying you've gone on dates and things like that, but how have you shown up now, you know, when you're dating and like meeting different women and, you know, what do you, what, what does it feel like to now as you're stepping more into your power? How do you show up differently? Um, the biggest thing is I like moving forward. I've noticed that because, because I've been, uh, working on this codependent thing for maybe three years now as a, as like a theme in my life. And then, um, going through the breakup and realizing that there were so many things about how I was showing up as a person that I wanted to be different, that, that were part of the issue with like why the relationship couldn't work because I wouldn't let it work. Like I put this person up on a pedestal and I kind of like was not willing to see them as an equal in a way. I didn't know how. And one of the things that shifted is that I feel this, this openness about about relationship, about seeing people. And I, um, I've been seeing someone for, for a little while now. It's just kind of settled down a little bit. And uh, I feel like this sense that the way I approach it is like, I'm not, it's like I used to be, feel like I needed to prove to the person I was in the relationship with that I was worth them hanging out with. Because I have this issue about not being good enough. Like, I'm, I'm really, I am good enough, you'll see. Like, oh, let me show you this. Or can I do this for you? And then you'll like me. Like I was constantly wanting to get this this attention, this approval. And it was very much uh, codependent in the sense that like, I, in a way, I didn't feel like I was of value unless the other person gave me value. And that's shifting. I feel like I, I am valuable. I love myself. I am, it, it actually like, it's not only like doesn't, it not only makes me feel good, to kind of to acknowledge that but it also like I get it mirrored back to me the other person is like wow you really are cool you really are awesome and you really like yourself that's really fucking attractive like it's it's interesting how that works and how unfortunate it is the other way when someone is feeling the heaviness they're like oh the world is so heavy I'm, I'm such a victim all this stuff is happening to me and a lot of times nobody wants to hang out with that nobody wants to be with that even though that may be what they want. They're like, oh, if somebody only would love me, when it's like when nobody really wants to love your miserable self, like they want to love your excited, vibrant, like self that wants to create and dance and be and just like live life. And, and as you so eloquently put it, be a lover, you know, just like get out there, you know? Mm. Uh, John Paul, you've, you've brought up codependence <clears throat> a couple times now. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I know all three of us have had to really work on. I definitely, for me, it's been, it's been a really big program that I've had to dive deep into. Um, have you figured out exactly how this, um, program started in your life? Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of easy to see when I evaluate the behavior of my mother today in the present. And I can also look at how it was when I was a child. And I can look at the things I remember, like with my mother's interaction with her parents 
And there was, uh, I would say, there was this situation, there were lots of situations with my mom when she was young, where when she was, they came to the, they came to the United States when she was six. And there were situations when she was young, and this was like, I don't know, what, 1963 or something like this, 1962, she left Cuba, and, and the revolution has happened, there's a lot of chaos, there's people being arrested, there's people's land being taken from them, there's people being shot if they disagree with the government, and it's, it's, a, it's an intense time. And my, my grandfather, who was like the big protector of the family, dealt with it by making sure everybody was dependent on him. Everybody would do what he said. Everybody would be safe if they do what he said. And that theme has always continued throughout throughout all of his life. It was always like, everyone will do what we called him Papi Carlos. Everybody will do what Papi Carlos says, and, and, and it will be okay. If you challenge him, then you have a problem about anything. Challenge him about dinner, you have a problem. Challenge him about your opinion about what you want to study in school, you have a problem. And that was very clear with my mother that she was almost like discouraged from having a unique sense of herself because it was so important to be on board with everything that the family wanted, everything the family felt was important, whether it was how you vote, what kind of a job you have, what kind of a relation, who you have a relationship with. Um, it was also really important to make sure it's been made really clear to me that my mother thinks that she should be the, the main woman in my life. She believes that that is her role, that I am her son and like my relationship with her is the paramount relationship in her life. And so it's like, it, ha it creates this situation where it's like, it's, it seems like everything is codependent about it. Every kind of exchange, every family visit, every gift giving, everything. Nothing is given freely. Everything has a, everything has a condition. There's not, there's not, I didn't learn unconditional love from them. Um, so I think it's been continuously shown to me that in order to get my mom's approval, and in some cases my father's too, although it's a little less intense with him, that it was like, do, do what they say, be what they want. Like, don't create trouble. Don't like be in a situation where the police are going to want to talk to you. Like, don't get into a sticky situation. Keep your nose clean, make money, and you're good. Yeah, I can really, uh, I, can, I can't directly relate, but I grew up so enmeshed with my parents where I couldn't make any decision without them. It was like we did everything together and what they say goes. Yeah. And it really made me so dependent on them that when I actually went out into the real world, I didn't know what else to be, but to really mm -hmm. just attach mm -hmm. to people and like mm -hmm. get answers from them and like mm -hmm. seek comfort from them all the time. And it wasn't mm -hmm. until I started doing this work where I was like, oh my God, I have no idea what it's like to be independent. Yeah. I have no idea what it's like to be powerful on my own. Yeah. And that wound is a deep wound because it starts from really the womb. You know, I, I for me, it was like, I was enmeshed as soon as I, I was, I started being created. And so, um, the layers to the to the the codependency, the attachment, and the enmeshment is is really deep, and they're sneaky, and it really requires a lot of self awareness and a lot of stillness and love to really find the power within to really step up into all of that. And it, I, I can honestly sit here and say it's really difficult for sure. Yeah, it requires a lot of letting go. 
a mm. lot of being okay, whatever it is, surrendering, yes. accepting. Yes. A lot of just like, like just uh, dispensing. What is it called? Like dispensing belief or like knowing what's going to happen. You don't. You got to let it go because yeah. you don't know. Mm -hmm. Surrendering to the yeah. I'll add um, for my case. I became very independent as a child, as my parents separated. Um, around seven years old, I became hyper-independent. It led me on a really independent pathway where um, I moved out to the US in my early 20s, completely on my own. Um, I've been here ever since, love it here. Um, but just always had this like, I've got to be independent, I've got to be independent kind of thing on uh, head on my head on my shoulders um but still with the independence i had a massive amount of codependence but just for my um emotions mm. so while i was like trying to plow through life and i had to like my survival way to my, my way of survival was to become independent when i was a kid mm -hmm. that was the mm -hmm. only way i was going to kind of get through everything i yeah. still was massively codependent because all i wanted was i just needed a woman to come in and fill this void that yeah. I was feeling emotionally. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to observe in my life how I have this paradox of like extremely independent in one aspect, extremely codependent in another. And yeah. you would think that those two can't exist at the, same at the same time. And when I listen to both your examples, that's kind of what I hear. But for me, I had both. And so I just want the listeners to know yeah. that like, you know, independence and codependence, they're not like mutually exclusive. They, they don't have to be, um, you don't like have one or the other. You still can have both. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, John Paul, we've, uh, we've got the word magic in the title because we know you're magical. Uh, <laughs> do you want to, do you want to kind of talk on some magical <laughs> moments at MSU, what it really mm. means to be a magician um, and mm. the mysteries that are really revolving around all that? Um, well, it, it started in class with Rachel and I don't remember exactly what, what was happening. I had somebody coached me and as part of, or it was Rachel coached me and as part of it, she said, like, you're, you're, you've got a lot to do. You're going to do more. You're a magician and you'll understand later what I mean. And I was like, really? Wow. Like I got excited. I was like, what the hell magician? What does this mean? And I was like, I'm not, I'm not good with sleight of hand or any of that. I'm like, what, what, what exactly is she talking about? And the more that I, I just kind of started to pay attention, I started to feel this kind of shamanistic connection to this idea of like that um the work that we're doing with transmutation is a kind of magic and that was this my you know my interest in this that like it is it is changing and shifting something it is like um a situation that a lot of people find out of their realm of of what is normal or, or their realm of understanding it's like why would you do that why would you think about that is that even real like why wouldn't it bother you if somebody like if you got a flat tire or if like somebody yelled at you at work or like, why wouldn't, you know, you just be like, well, you know, just react in this, this heavy way that so many people are used to the idea of shifting our, our vibrational field in order that, that we can heal ourselves 
it's 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 kind of novel. I mean, it's I know that it it's not a brand new concept to heal, but to do it in such a way that it it shifts us almost like this is why I was using language in my preparation for this like chemical spell and code because I feel like something with within us that is driving the programs and is driving the vibrational field that part is is shifting those patterns are becoming something else so that they they no longer need to be what they were that's like that's really really amazing that like it's like telling somebody like we can we can cure this 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 uh, skin cancer you have and it will never come back ever again because you did the work to heal it like that would be so amazing to hear something like that and the fact that we could you could do it with with our psychological issues that drive a lot of those physical things if not all of them and then maybe we can do it with yeah. the physical if we learn how to address it how to go into the pain of it that's amazing mm. truly yeah we're obviously we're very programmed and conditioned to believe that there is no magic in this universe that uh -huh. this reality we live in is black and white mm -hmm. It's, uh -huh. uh, it's everything we see is exactly what, uh -huh. what there is. And there's nothing past that. That was how I was brought up. I think yeah. that's what the media really um, yeah. encourages us to believe. Uh -huh. um, but there is really magic out there. And the uh -huh. more that we open ourselves to this uh -huh. idea of magic um, and its, its presence in our everyday life, I mean, just your example, Jean-Paul, with, uh, you know, moving to this town and getting this dream job to say there was no involved in that I think is ridiculous. Um, and it's just our perception of the words that we use, which mm -hmm. create our concepts of um, how we perceive the world. And I challenge you now, if you have a, if you're, if you're getting kind of a little off put by the word magic, just open yourself open your perspective right now mm -hmm. and just try and understand that maybe your perception of the word magic is derived by the programs that you were given as a child and through our schooling system. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing I'd love to know is as you're playing the role of the magician, as you're going in and alchemizing and transmuting the energy that lives within you, do you connect with your inner child and is he the magician? Or when you connect, are you the magician and are you the one doing the work? It's it's a little bit like one of those like Doctor Who problems, Danny, where like he's like in everywhere at the same time. Like it's like multi multiverses. Um, I feel like I am actively the 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 present person using my power is enacting this this chemical spell with magic when I when I am shifting something i feel that in the moment i am uh allowing my myself my young self to experience and participate in something that it's clear to me in the moment that they already know how to do i'm just reminding them it's it's just it's not a new thing it didn't make it up i didn't invent any of it it was just there i just needed to be like see it's there right you get it right it's light it's love it's beautiful you're powerful. I heard this amazing coach once say, like, the light is devouring the darkness. And that kicked my ass so bad. Just like imagining that that beautiful image and how powerful it was to like 
it is. It is. It is eating away dark. It is. It is eating it out of me. It's eating it out of like the parts of my brain that want to cling to this negative shit. It's like poof, light, 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 light. It's that's that's magic. That is that is cool stuff right there. And I I I think I love when I just want to say I feel like when people are feeling that kind of I don't know that kind of naysayer thing that doubt that like oh this is some hope bullshit like i think anybody that takes a moment to just to just feel and let it resonate let it feel let it resonate how does it feel get out of here go in here it i haven't i haven't come across somebody yet who's like well yeah you know what i feel it i feel that i resonate i'd love to uh, share a little story of my own magic that i've experienced recently and uh, it started with a few years ago, I was working, uh, doing the work of Tony Robbins. And there was a, mm. I forget the name of the guy he works with, Dr. Chow or something along those lines. And um, he had us say in our hands the word love and hate. And mm. you would feel like I'd never had an experience like this, but the way he guides us through the, the words of love, my hands raised up and the words of hate, they sank down mm. and I opened my eyes and I, I could mm. physically feel in my hands an energy mm. and the one mm. that had the love in it felt much more higher and powerful. Mm -hmm. And I could mm -hmm. feel the energy of the, uh, the darkness within in the in the other hand mm. and uh, I've not really worked with any too much with the hands. I've done a little bit of um, uh, Tai, not tai Chi, the other one. Uh, whatever. Qigong, thank you. I've done a little bit of that, um, but never really felt too much until mm. last week I was actually guiding Ellie and Ellie was going through uh, a big transformational healing week. And we jumped on a call and I was guiding her through a process and I had her on a little tripod on my phone and I got out of my head for one of the first times in a while um and i just allowed my intuition to just guide me to what to do and i ended up having my hands around the, the if you imagine this is the phone like around the phone and what she said she was needing in that time was kind of like the masculine grounding for her to work through what was going on and i could feel her energy through the phone and i was obviously just looking at her the outline of her body we were we were talking through everything and as she was working through her her programs and i was guiding her and as she could as she was healing i was feeling the field of energy and some people might be listening to this and say bullshit i don't care because i felt it and as she was growing it was like i could feel her energy field and then sometimes it would come back in smaller and i could feel her programs taking over her power and by the end of the 30 30 minute call i think it was my hands were all the way out here and once i got off the call as i could still remember the physical feeling in my hands and i was just trying to get out of my head and the magic was so palp palpable like you could feel it in my fingers and you could feel her energy and i was doing my best just to con create a nice container um, of masculine stable strength energy for her to do it 
go in and do the real work and call in the divine feminine and really heal because mm -hmm. it is the divine feminine that does the transformational healing mm -hmm. and it's the masculine that provides the stability and strength for yeah. for her to work in in that magic mm -hmm. uh, and it was so visceral to me i could feel her aura i could feel her energy and i could feel by the end of it like she was in a completely different place yeah. going from down here all the way out here and uh, the more that we open ourselves and get out of this thing where all the programs all of the wounds all of the things that are designed to keep you very small and powerless the more that we get out of the mind and the more that we intuitively tap into what's being asked of us right now the more that we open to the magic the mystery and the wonder of the entire universe Wow. Beautifully said. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the dark has no chance when it comes to the light and sure, we not. are the light. So bring it on. Um, Jean-Paul, is there anything that you'd like to say to any of the listeners at home who want to jump on the MSU boat, who are a little hesitant and we're like, I don't know any words of wisdom for them. When you wonder why to do something, you look, a lot of people look for the benefit. You wonder why to not do something. You might look for what what is what might happen as a negative result. Maybe it costs a lot. Maybe it takes some time of yours, whatever. And we start, these are all of these, this kind of reasoning is exactly what Danny was just talking about, about being in your head. And when you start to feel, you start to look at what is, what do I need now? What feels right now? That's how you judge. That's That's really all it is. And if you can just, get to that place and look at this this feels right or this doesn't feel right and there's lots of things we can do to grow but there's there's rarely as anything amazing as amazing as this program and the work that we're doing here to expand our our awareness and to heal with this this magical power it is really this is why it's called mystical not to mess with people because it actually it actually takes this ethereal step that goes beyond our conscious like level to even describe it in real language sometimes. So I would just say trust the self. It's uh, it's almost impossible to use the words that we have in the English language to describe the transformation and the energy that you feel on this journey mm -hmm. um, because yeah. they're always going to fall short. Whenever you're talking anything mystical, magical, vocabulary, language, it's not going to cut it the only way to truly experience and understand what it means is to to go on the journey yourself and feel the energy in you feel your aura changing feel your feel growing feel someone else's power growing in front of you mm -hmm. uh, and and that's that's really how you're going to understand this so yeah you're right it's the the words will always fall short and what's what interest i'm sorry go on ellie no go ahead all right well i was going to say like Part of what I wanted to talk about is this idea of language and how what, what you're saying is very true, Danny, but also like words are the root of thought. Like, at least as much as we understand thought, as much as it has been scientifically studied by people that study literacy, it begins with little chunks, little, little pockets of ideas and turns into this, this grander thing. And when we start to notice what are those pieces, what are the words that are emerging? What are the ones that are coming forth? And, and then we have, we as coaches, we use language very intentionally. And this to me is like the amazing, off, 
awesome power of the divine feminine is to come in with this whoosh of like this is what's happening this is what you need to notice right now do you you know and it's like holy shit it's like this this wind blows through you of like acknowledgement of like whoa there it is and, and i feel like then it's then it can shift then it starts to change so i think the language is very very important but of course as you said it's it's never going to fully explain it mm -hmm. it is simply the remembrance of who we truly are that's what we're coming home to. Oh, yeah. uh, John Paul, thank you so much for being here. If any of you guys want to work with John Paul, please visit us at mastersofselfuniversity.com. Set up a free consultation with John Paul, with Danny, with me, whoever you feel called to. And uh, to everyone at home, subscribe, rate, review, leave comments, share these episodes. And until next time, we'll see you guys then. Bye. Thank you guys. <laughs>